Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And I'm Mike. And this is episode 69! <laughs> yeah, the only one that's going to be better is episode 420. Yeah. What is it? Hey, do you know another number for 69? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Eight something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'd never heard that before, actually. I, I've been saving that up all week. <laughs> all week? So you yes. you were waiting for this particular episode, particular, specifically. Only for a too. week, though, yeah. I didn't get excited okay. about it until we hit number 68. Then I was like, yeah. all right, I know. I know it's coming up. It didn't and, feel real uh, to you until then, right? Was it's that... true. It's true. I, um, um, yeah, don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, well, must have been a lie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a safe assumption. If I can't remember what I was going to say, it was clearly bullshit. So I think my mom started me to saying that when I was a little kid, where I'd give like, "Mom, I don't remember what I was gonna say." And she's like, "Well, that's because it must have been a lie." And I'm wow. like, "I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Are you saying that I lie all the time, or just that I have a really bad memory for lies?" Hey, thanks, mom, for the deep-seated sense of shame. <laughs> that's why I don't lie about stuff because I have hard enough time remembering shit that isn't lies. Maybe well that and that might have been in some way her her purpose in doing that, like her meaning for for Could doing be. that. You know, in which case I laud her for that. You know, but no one's given a manual on how to do parenting. Like you, no. everyone is everyone is doing their best. I don't think there are many parents. Okay. This is an well, unfair statement. There's a lot of parents that are doing their best. I can't there's say everybody's many, doing their are, best. There are many parents that are doing their best. There's some that are doing a piss poor job and don't care about it at all. And fuck those people. But many people are doing a good job or their Literally, best job. Literally many people. Yeah. Literally, possibly hundreds of thousands of Lots people. of people are saying that. That's what I've heard. And they've yeah. been getting more and more recognition every day. That's what I hear. That makes them experts. Yeah. I'm reminded, speaking of bad parents, of a... I don't remember what comedian it was, but basically told a joke about how he had, like, terrible gas and this kid was being an absolute bastard to his mother and, like, screaming and pulling toys off the shelf and, like, throwing them down and breaking stuff open and playing with it in the middle of the aisle. And his mother's basically telling him, no, no, you can't do this. And he's calling her a bitch and like smacked her and stuff. And she was looking away and the kid was going for something on the bottom shelf. And this guy walks up and fucking rips like this nasty, horrible beer fart right in the kid's face. <laughs> he's like, you literally could see the kid's hair getting pushed back as it was coming out. And the kid just looked at him and went, and started screaming and the guy's like i was laughing so hard i almost pissed myself as i (coughs) went the opposite way down the aisle from his mom he's like and the mom caught up with me later and was like did you just fart on my son (laughs) and i'm like oh my god i that's something i would completely do if i if i had the ability like if i could fart on command you know, that would be something that I would do. Kid was being a little prick. I just fart right on him. I thought maybe you were going to tell me that the guy just pushed the kid down. I wasn't expecting him to be farted on. 
Yeah, he literally, he's like, he's like, I backed up my, I backed up my ass right against the side of his head and let, like, the nastiest, silent, but deadly, like, beer fart go in the kid's face. And he said the kid's face wrinkles up as he smells it, and he goes, takes a deep breath and goes, ah, and starts screaming. Realistic, I mean, that's, all right, let's, let's be honest, that's a horrible, traumatizing thing to happen, but... Who screams like that at a fart? Ah! I gotta say, the funnier part about him screaming was he had to really inhale to do that. Yeah. So he oh. probably tasted it too. Oh yeah, he took a deep mouthful. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. He, he not only smelled it, but he tasted it. It was the, like the complete, you know, circle of uh, of a good fart. And especially, I mean, we've all cropped. I'm sure. Well, most of us have probably cropped dusted a crowd when you're walking in the mall. I've done it. You know before where you're walking in a group of people and you let one go and somebody you know somebody in the group smelled it because a lot of times what i do is i'll I'll fart i'll let it ruminate for just a uh, just a a few seconds and then i'll back off the side and watch to see the people as they're smelling and looking at each other and everything it's it's really it's gratifying you take an absurdly upsetting amount of pleasure in your farts and how they interact with others I do. If I get no audience for what I did, I really feel like it was a wasted effort. I I I seriously enjoy it. like if somebody like if I wave a fart, even if it's not like one of my kids smells it and they I'll say to them, "Did you smell that?" and they'll go, "No." I'm like, "Oh, damn it. I like I failed somehow." <laughs> but you're not producing anything that takes effort. All you're doing is farting. That doesn't require effort. There's no effort at all. See, now that's not true. Sometimes you you can roll one back through the system a couple times, kind of squeeze it off before it gets to the release point, and it'll go back. And I like to think that maybe it gets a little smellier each time it does that. So Do you maybe have scientific maybe... evidence to prove that. <laughs> I don't, but I'm sure somebody's done it. Well, you need to run some scientific trials if you're going to be making these outlandish claims, sir. Well, the bad thing would be that I would have to be able to actually fart on command. I do know somebody that can do that. I know a guy that can like squat down and he can pull air into his butt. I, I'm still not certain how exactly. Like, how yeah. do you inhale? How do you inhale through your sphincter? I don't know. So his name is what? Jimmy Horrible? Is that but his I've name? But I watched him do it. Where he he'd be like, "Well, check it out." He's like, "I'm pulling the air," and then he go. And he'd rip one, and I'd be like, nah, you were holding that in. He'd be like, I can do it any time. And I'd be like, do it now. And he would he would do it. And I'd be like, that's fucking insane. Where I don't do understand how you can do people? this. And, and more importantly, not just how where do you find these people, but how do you get them to admit to these skills? Like, you and I walk vastly different circles in life. Well, There's nowhere in my workplace... <sighs> Would Let's I just... encounter anyone who is going to be like, hey, check it out. Look what I can do. I can suck gas up my ass and make fart noises. It's cool. Well, you know? let's just say never happen. that I, I, I've i worked with many a people, and it doesn't matter who I work with. You put me in a, in a fucking room with anybody on a regular basis, and I will I will break them to a point that that they will share stuff with me like that. I mean, but like if you could fart on command, why wouldn't you tell everybody you could do that? That that's, you know, I think that's a gift, <laughs> but, uh, that's how it, that's how it comes about it. Like it just very naturally happens that eventually 
people will tell me stuff like that about themselves because of the, I guess because of the way I am because I'm very blunt and and open about things and I think that I like to think that if if somebody around me has a special power like that that they would they would want to share with me because they I know I'll, I will appreciate it. The core difference here between you and I is that you think farts are funny and I just don't. And I don't understand how you don't find farts funny, but that that's you. I think you. they're and, disgusting. And, and, and I, think and they're I appreciate disgusting. you. Do you find burps funny? No. I is it funny when disgusting. somebody like you know rips a burp off because it's essentially nope. you know same thing, different end. So all it is, all it is. I hey, I share I share the same bafflement of it uh, and the obsession with it that I have had with uh, like like my science teacher when I was in sixth grade where someone <clears throat> farted in class and everyone's laughing. He's like, what's the big deal? Flatulence is totally normal. All it is is gas passing out of your body. Why is that funny? You know, he was baffled by it. I am too. Why is that funny? It's not. It doesn't fucking strike me as funny. It smells bad. And when someone waves it at me, I get inanely pissed off. And you find that fucking deliciously funny. And I think that you're brain damaged for it. But I'm fucking, I'm fucking laughing right now and I didn't even fart. <laughs> You're, you're right, and 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 you and that science teacher are part of a small subset of people who don't find gas funny. Because I think universally, if I was in a room with people from all different countries and I farted, that probably the majority of that room would laugh. Okay, I think well, it's a universally humorous thing. That's fine. I don't disagree with that. I think that that is probably one of the oldest forms of humor. I'm just saying it's mm -hmm. not a particularly good one. I, I think it's timeless. And, and, and if I ever stop finding farts funny, I think I've reached the end of the line. Well, I think that, that's the end of it. I stopped liking them when I was in, like, middle school. I thought well, thinking of them as funny in middle school. I, I'm just saying that in that way, I'm more mature than you and far, so, far, far so more So you did superior. find them funny, though, before that point. I did. Okay. But then I grew up. That's did, what I'm saying. Did a fart hurt you at some point in time, Tom? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, they stink. They're disgusting. They linger. They're foul. It's yeah. ass. It's shit. It's shit coming out of your ass. It's not to be shared. It's not to be laughed at. It's to be ashamed of. You need to go in the other room and fucking shit that stuff out of your body. I disagree. And I no. disagree wholeheartedly about that. And we'll never we'll never see eye to eye on this never. one, unfortunately. Never. Never will you change my mind. I am firmly set in and this. You will never change my mind either because literally the only way that a fart can go wrong is if you shit your pants. And that's even funnier. No, that's horrible. Oh, man. All right, all right, all right. A good pants shitting story can be really funny. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I don't... There's usually some circumstance that is undeniably you know if... funny in a pants shitting story. If, if, if you were to come up to me in one of your legendary, hey, Tom, check it out, and farted, and you ended up shitting your pants... I would, first of all, laugh until I was dead. And then second of all, you would never live it down. You would never hear the end of it in the rest of your life. That's okay, though. I would, I would, uh, I would, I'd be fine with that. I really would, because it's objectively funny to me still. <laughs> like times that I have accidentally shit my pants, and I'm not talking when you're sick 
or something like that. I'm talking Those like you trusted count. you trusted a fart and it got away from you. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I still chuckle to myself thinking about that. And I'm the one that suffered because I either had to ditch my pants and my underwear and wipe my butt somewhere that you know I with, with I mean possibly with with less than ideal wiping apparatus, etc. Or tie a jacket around my waist and make my way to the car to leave. I don't know. I, I still I still think that's funny. Well, all right. So I'm willing to draw the line there because farts aren't funny to me because anyone can do them. But shitting your pants requires real dedication. Either you need to be really into that, like sexually, or Mm -hmm. you are so committed to the joke that you were willing to trust a fart that was not reliable. And you ended up shitting your pants like for a joke. All right. At that point, it becomes hilarious. I don't know that I would do it for a joke. You see, I think that for me, shitting your pants is funny when it... um... No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding me. I'm not saying that you did the... That you shat yourself on on, (laughs) as a joke. I'm saying that you took it to the edge where you might very well shit yourself for the joke. You know what I mean? And and then you ended up passing that line. That's what makes it funny is that you took the risk and you ended up getting fucked for it. And you just (laughs) shat your pants. There is that's hilarious to me. All right. There's two guys that I used to work with that um, decided to have a farting contest, which I still think. You know, unless you unless you've been popping off or you know that it's coming because you got some bubbly guts or something, you know, it'd be very difficult to have a farting contest because they're so unpredictable at times. But these two guys pushed it to the limit and one of them did end up shitting his pants, took his underwear off and threw them out in the employee bathroom. And then he had to wear a scratchy like uh, disposable swimsuit for underwear for the rest of the evening. (laughs) That was funny. That was some funny shit. And you shit your pants, you're automatically the winner of the fart contest. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like a a consolation prize, actually. But, you know, um, (laughs) I I was – when I was in the Army, there was this guy whose last name was, was, interestingly enough, Brown. And um, (laughs) (laughs) see, that I find funny. So Brown shat his pants during his final – PT run like we had a, the PT test and that's like mm-hmm. push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run, which, how many... which could help loosen your bowels up a little bit. Well, the thing is that he had not been able to successfully pass his run and he was about to graduate out of AIT. Otherwise, he would have been stuck in a holding pattern for, until he passed, and he'd be without his friends. He'd be kind of like, you know, all his classmates would have moved on without him, and it's just sort of like. Mm shameful feeling and and it just feels like shit to be left behind you know what i mean so <laughs> this feels like shit <laughs> this guy was like he pushed himself so hard the push-ups the sit-ups you get two minutes to do as many push-ups as you can do you get two minutes to do as many sit-ups as you can do and then you get uh you're to run two miles within however as fast as you can and there's like a, a chart that they look at and say okay based on your age you should be able to run no slower than this and you know he pushed himself to his very limit and at the the finish line he shat himself and he ran through the finish line with shit running down his legs 
Is he wearing sweatpants or shorts? Shorts. Ooh. Yeah. Not a good look. We rode home in the fucking van with him. It stank so fucking bad. Did he pass? He passed. All right. That's a good story then. Yeah, he passed. Good for him, you know? The most embarrassing thing ever. But you know what? No one made fun of him for it. Because that shit can happen to anybody. Well, not only that, I mean, consider the context, you know? The context, right. He pushed himself. He was so motivated that he shat himself. That he was sick that day, and he ran anyway. He wanted to be a part of, of the armed services so badly. Right. That he humbled himself to that level in his right. pursuit of what he right. wanted. Right. So everyone kind of is commendable. Everyone kind of laughed at the idea. I think people were laughing at the idea of it and not the guy himself. Because when we were in, I don't remember hearing anyone making fun of him. They were all just making fun of the situation. Like, yo, can you imagine being in that situation? Like, yeah, dude, he shit himself. It was. <laughs> there fun. wasn't a garden hose or anything around to rinse him off with before he got in the van. I don't know. I think they wrapped him in a fucking towel or something. Yeah, towel ain't gonna do nothing but add uh, one s- slight layer between the fecal matter and your nose. Mm-hmm. So I got a question about that. Could you pres- could you conceivably like in in the realm of possibility could you just continue to go th- to be a retread for the entire time of your commitment? Like, could you? Is it possible? That you would continue to go through it for like four years, or would they eventually um, get tired of you and kick you out? They would probably chapter you out within a year, I would imagine. Mm. Probably within two cycles, they would start the chaptering process. But the chaptering process can be time-consuming. Hmm. It can take weeks, months, some, depending on what sort of things are involved. It can take a year or more. I knew guys who were in medical hold when I was at Walter Reed who had been in medical hold for like close to a year and a half, two years because they're waiting for the paperwork to finalize and there has to be one more Mm. test and one more certification. Yeah. This guy's definitely disabled. Yeah. This, yeah, that this person cannot be rehabilitated. Um, they're permanently, whatever, Uh, all these different things. And so these guys were, you know, otherwise, other than the injuries that they sustained, were quite adept at doing whatever job you put them to. Because I had a couple of them in the studio, and they ran camera jobs for me. They mm. did lighting for me. They were fine. They were great camera operators. They just happened to be medical hold people who had something busted in them, you know, and they were on their way out the out of the army. And therefore, and they couldn't stay, even though they were completely competent at what they were doing. Correct. That's correct. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I saw it happen multiple times. And I mean, we're not talking like, you know, they're suddenly going to be handed a gun and sent, you know, running out onto uh, into a, a battle somewhere. Right. More than you know, like the chances of that happening are so small. They would most likely just be a camera operator for the communications this, the entire time. <laughs> this was in a Washington D.C. unit, yeah, a garrison unit. There were no deployable troops in the in the the camera branch or the in the the directorate of information management at all. Why not just Period. let them finish it out? You know. Yeah, I don't understand it. Well, you're talking about... Listen, do you know why I left the military? I'll give you the real reason why I left the military. I had been in for two years, 
and I was not passing my tape test. I could pass my PT test without a problem every single time. My run was getting consistently better. My, my uh, ability to do push-ups and sit-ups was improving every single time, but I was too fat for the chart. So or I was too heavy for the chart. So when they took my weight, they said, we need to tape you. So they wrapped this fucking tape measure around my gut and around my neck. Mm -hmm. And they do this thing, this calculation. They do that three times. And then they say, nope, you failed the tape test. You got to be on special PT, which means you have to go to extra PT in the morning. Uh, get up even earlier. You have to fucking, you're, you're not eligible for any kind of accommodations or rewards or of any kind you're not eligible for promotion so i was stuck as an e3 for like oh. a year and i tried my ass off to lose that weight but i just couldn't do it because it's my body type i could never i never failed a pt test not since basic training did i once fail a fucking pt test but they fucked with me, and they fucked with me, and they fucked with me, and I finally broke, and I stopped going to PT. And they ended up um, serving me with extra duty, like, uh, you know, uh, UCMJ action. I ended up with extra duty on my fucking birthday mm. and New Year's. Um, the, 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 the commander who uh, uh, ran my unit was a cunt. And she hated men, and that was a known fact. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I, I worked for somebody that was like that. Yeah, I know you did, and so I knew you'd be sympathetic. The kind to of this. person I'm... that would say things like, "Oh, that's just the way men always have to be. That's how they always think." Like making terrible generalizations, so that I understand uh, the misogynistic uh, end of things uh, when when women say, "You know." Here's what these, what happened. These Jennifer guys hate women. Got... My wife got in trouble, too, because neither of us were passing our tape tests. Cause, and, and once you get stuck in that rut, it's miserable. It's like psychical, cyclical. It's like, well, I'm never going to get better. Um, and I'm not getting any kind of support from my people. They're just keep telling me, you got to do more push-ups and sit-ups. Like, that's not working, asshole. I need something else. Help me. Don't just fucking yell at me. And so this woman uh, only, like, smacked my, my wife on the, on the wrist. And I got the full charge. She just blasted me with both barrels. I got two weeks of extra duty, and I got knocked duty. down in rank. I got sorry. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. And um, it was bullshit. It was total bullshit. And that didn't happen to to my wife. And I'm not saying that it should have happened to my wife. I'm saying that they went harder on me because she went harder on me because she was. It convinced that I was a bad Oh, well, that was, that was her determination to make, obviously. Since today is episode number 69, let's consider some things. Excuse me. Oral sex had to come from somewhere in history. So people have been noshing on the old nether regions, going mouth to south, you know, just getting right in there, licking and sucking and chewing on stuff. How the fuck did they manage to do that before cleanliness standards would have been to what we have today? Was it okay to just dive face first into some raggedy old muffin 
or some fucking nasty blister-looking hot dog. Well, as far as I know, all oral sex was created in 1950 by um, the guy who... <laughs> Uh, did the cereal Kellogg? Yeah, um, I thought I, I thought you were gonna say his name was like Oral Sexington. He was uh, from Boston. <laughs> That's what they named it after. Oral Sexington. <laughs> that sounds like a British guy to me. I, I don't know if that would be a, a Boston guy. Well, I mean, you have Oral Hershiser was a pitcher for the Dodgers in the eighties and nineties. So Oral is uh, – and plus you have Moral Oral, which was on Adult Swim. Yeah. And uh, so Oral is a uh, you know Roberts. American kind of – yeah, an American kind of name. And I I think that the that the Sexington – I could see where – I think maybe the Sexington family emigrated from England at a point, but that they had been in Boston for, uh, we'll say, uh, five generations before, uh, before Oral – came along and and decided to uh munch on some muff okay of All course right. everything originated in the united states right i mean right. nothing was originated outside of that area but could you imagine like during the victorian era you know lifting up the old knickers and 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 just smelling the putrid odor of you know a week's worth of anus and 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 sweat down in that area and being like, yeah, I think I'd like to stick my tongue in there. I think I'd like to, to lick that. Yeah. I'm thinking it was probably less common among the, the people who didn't have means. So you're telling me that the, that these folks who were, you know, the poor people who didn't have anything else to do at night, but fuck. Um, were often you know, the, the ones who were at the least advantage in terms of their sexual freedoms, because, uh, they were too dirty to knock certain areas together in, in certain ways. I think no matter how dirty things are, you can put tab A into slot B. I, th I don't sure. think we have any issue with that one there. But yeah, I mean, you weren't you weren't jazzing it up first with a little spit. Right, right. Is what I what I'm saying here is that there was no consideration to the funk that was present for <laughs> the some funk. to those people to the people who were who were who were doing it. That wasn't a factor. They're like, I don't care, whatever. Do you think that maybe like the the very well to do had like designated pussy lickers and cocksuckers, like people that they would bring in specifically to do that, that would get paid to do that, so that be like, I don't feel like uh, munching upon my old lady's nether regions tonight, so I'm going to have ye old muff muncher come over and take care of it for me. There was a stand-up comic that I saw when I went to go see Doug Stanhope in Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember her name now, but she did this bit where she was talking about, I'm getting to this age in my life where I just don't want to, I don't want to blow guys anymore. I, I don't give a <laughs> shit about that. So I think here's what I'll do is I'll hire some young guy or some young girl who's really enthusiastic and be like, yeah, that's my blowjob surrogate. You've got 15 minutes and then I'll get queued up on Netflix and we'll watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> I, I have never heard I that kinda, person. So yeah, yeah she was awesome. Uh, yeah, she was really funny. Um, and I kind of nudged Jennifer, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Like I should have a blowjob. How'd that mistress. work out for you? Not, not too well. 
She wasn't I was going to say, that's, that's she you, you nudge her, and that's when you get elbowed and punched in the balls. No, it's, we don't work on a, on a, on a violence scale, but she, you know, she knew I was kidding, so she just gave me a look, a withering look, you know. And then momentarily, she got lost in thought later and was like, wait a second, maybe that's not such a bad idea. But by then, the moment had passed. Yeah, the law, it was lost forever. And it, this we this uh, show was at the same place where you and I later saw um, Green Jello. Also, it was up, yeah, I can't remember the name of that place now off the top of my head. Midtown Art Center. Yeah. The Mac, it's like the, the H-Mac. Like, crazy big looking, the building doesn't look huge from the outside, but then you get inside and it's like fucking enormous on the inside. <laughs> And has like the feel of watching a concert in a friend's basement. Yeah, the yeah, area that we pretty, were in. I mean, it was very comfortable and it was fun. Yeah, it was a great show. It was a great. It was a great room. Uh, I think in terms of like what type of music was being played there, you know, yeah. which I would say ranged from experimental uh, metal to like straight up, like stuff like Vast was doing. You know, and and uh, like almost like tool type music, and then yeah. some like jam music that was happening. It was it was a really interesting night. There was just a lot of mu- different musical, um, you know, influences being pushed around. And at the end of the I night, don't... of course, you get Green Jello, and they come on, and that's just if you can't have fun at a Green Jello show, you're fucking dead inside. You period. gotta be. You period. And sometimes you end up with a different head, costume head on, and you have no fucking idea how it happened. Yeah. Because you were so goddamn drunk. You started out as Bender and you ended up as what? Like Was a it? space alien princess or some shit. I don't, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> and I have watched every video from that night because my brother had some and there were some that were posted on YouTube and shit and I'm in them and I'm like... I never saw the moment. Like, one moment I have one head on, the next moment I have another one on, and I'm like, I have no fucking idea how it happened. Do you remember the guy who had the the SpongeBob? So let's let's back up a little bit and give the listener some context. I don't know if we've talked about this show before. I don't know either. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that Green Jello would do is they would... Um, pull a bunch of people from the audience out and say, all right, you guys are going to join us. Come out back. And they pull them out back, and then someone warms up the crowd for a while, one of the other band members, and they're sort of building up and building up and building up, and he says, come on out. Let's see her. What was it they called it? The 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 puppet show. The... I think it was, I think it was called the puppet show or something like that. It was all people like they basically made costumes out of duct tape and and paper and all kinds of stuff during the day. And then yeah. it was like famous characters. Like you had a SpongeBob and you had a Bender head and you had all these yeah. other ones. And and they had us put them on. And it was it was my birthday. And I thought, oh, I'm not like like we thought that I wasn't going to be able to get up there. And then they were like, we need two more people. And I. Remember I remember my brother being like, go, and like throwing me forward. Yeah, and I was and, like, uh, I was shouting like, yeah, it's his birthday. It's like, his birthday, go on, go on. You know. <laughs> but you were like, oh, it's okay. I don't have to. Like, come on, dude. Get the fuck up there. <laughs> oh, no. 
That was that was the most fun I've ever had on my birthday. So basically, we got the charge in. They had us run up on the stage, and then we danced around while they were uh, doing songs. Like we were up on stage for one song, I think, maybe two. I, I honestly don't remember. And then they like had a mosh pit of all of us down in front of the stage after that. I miss going to shows, man. Yeah, I live music is 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 one thing that. Like, I could give a shit about buffets and eating out in restaurants and all that kind of shit. I miss I miss fucking music. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. even if I wasn't able to go to the show, being able to watch concerts on, like, YouTube and stuff like that, where it was a real concert and it was, like, live music, that kind of – even that, to a degree, well, I, would, I, would, I would gladly take that right now. Even, even going to the fucking winery, like the vineyard – and listen to some dude play guitar in front of a, a crowd of 50 people. Like, even yeah. that would be nice right now. Hey, I tried to give you guys that experience when you were over at my house the last time, you know? Oh, you did. but it A little, bit, a little bit of guitar playing, a little bit of comedy, you know. Yeah. It, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the same. You weren't busking, man. You know what I mean? Like, you, you weren't out there trying to earn a living. You're right. What I need to do next time is I need to have a case on the floor propped open. Right. With a couple of quarters in there, so when you guys come over, you need to throw a few bills in there or loose pocket change. Yeah, yeah, you need, Ugh. but you need to seed it. You need to have at least two dollars. Oh, you always in... have to seed. Otherwise, people don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you need to seed it with you know. at least two bucks in like quarters, nickels, and dimes. No penny. And maybe maybe a few pennies, but maybe even a dollar bill or two. You know. Uh, I would say that depends on time of day when you're setting up. Listen, I think I, it all has to do with your setting also. Like if you're in a place where people have money, you know, you're doing this shit in New York and you're and you're playing like a Grand Central Station, yeah, you probably throw a couple bills in there because the people that come through there have some money. I read this story and I don't know if it was um it was Stephen King or some other author, but it's a story about this guy who <clears throat> he gets up in the morning, he leaves his he leaves, he kisses his wife goodbye, he takes his his shit and he goes on the train, drives, you know, rides out into the city, gets off at this inter- at this one station, goes into an office building, climb enters the office building, climbs up a a a, a vent through to the office complex above, which he also rents, changes out of his clothes into the clothes of a ragged hobo, takes mm-hmm. this special case that he's brought that he can has a trap door in it so he can drop money into the bottom of it anytime he wants and he seeds it with a couple dollars and he goes out and he pretends to be blind and he stands out there all day and he makes a fortune just a fortune um you mm. know probably making around five to six hundred dollars a day in coins and then he he takes it go back to his office Changes back into his clothes, goes back downstairs, enters out the other office. So there's no, like, obvious, like, connection between these two people on the cameras or anything like that if they ever decide to look. And then he goes home. Well, there's, like, this cop that's tracking him because he's, he's, he's wise to him. But this guy is, like, saying, like, yeah, a lot of the people that you see out there panhandling every day, those guys clear, you know, $150,000 a year. <laughs> you know, after and and they don't pay a dime in taxes. They're all just oh, yeah. cash. You know what I mean? And and these guys li- have like, you know, you'd be amazed. Like this poor homeless guy 
you know, yeah, he's got filthy dreads and disgusting beard. He's also got a $150,000 car. <laughs> well, you yeah, know? I mean, that's that's one of the bad things about panhandlers. And we don't see them very often where we're at. But uh, the local Walmart has a tendency to have them. And I've seen the people before where they'll be like, they got a sign, you know, and people try to offer them food. And they're like, I don't want food. Right. I need cash. And then we actually have seen we saw the one guy getting into like a Subaru that was parked across the lot with out of state plates on it. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, he he drove here from somewhere else to do this because he's probably he'd probably be too embarrassed to do it in his hometown. But, you know, here he is. And yeah. he probably doesn't need the money, you know. So I would stick to if you're gonna if you're gonna donate. It said nothing to do with that. We weren't talking about this, but if you're gonna donate, donate to an organization that actually takes care of people instead of shit like that. Because then you're sure that it's going to where it needs to go. Right. Exactly. Well, and you never know who's trying to bilk you. There was did I ever tell this story on the show before about the guy who says like, "Yeah, right." Did I ever tell you about that guy? You may have, but I don't remember. He was, I was, I was walking around my building. This was in Harrisburg and I'm walking around the building. Oh, you did tell this story. Yes. And there's this guy in anyway. a full three piece, well, not a three piece suit, but like a two piece suit, you know, like mm-hmm. a nice pair of pants, a jacket, a tie, you know, um, and, and, and like white shirt. And, and it was disheveled, you know, like not disheveled to the point where he looked like he'd been sleeping on the street more disheveled like he'd had a bad day and said fuck it I'm untucking my shirt and loosening my tie you <laughs> know sleep in his car during lunch and never put his shit back together exactly yeah it just yeah. it was sloppy but it wasn't like out like outra- outrageously so and he turns to me as I'm walking by and I'm walking around my building trying to get some exercise just trying to get some fresh air and this guy's like Yells loud enough to for me to have to turn my headphones off and take them out of my ears and says, Jefferson fair change, man. Blah, 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 blah. Starts like, and I'm like, no, I don't have any money. He goes, yeah, right. <laughs> Just like that. And I'm like, wow, dude, really? With that attitude, I'm surprised no one's giving you any money. He goes, go fuck yourself. And then without hesitation, turns to the next people who are right behind me and says, do you have any money? Like, no sense of shame. <laughs> I, I might have just been tempted to go and get some bills and be like, well, I can go fuck myself with this $10, yeah. you know, at that point. Yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm going to go hit the ATM. I'm going to have a nice lunch. You can't have any. See ya. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, give it right back to him. Man, yeah, that that's not the way to be if you're expecting some handouts. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, but it on requires the other a hand, little humility too. On the other hand, it's interesting how how some homeless people will treat um like generosity or compassion. Like like it's an insult. Like I'll give you a good example. Every day I'd be out, you know, this is when I smoked. I'd be out smoking my cigarettes and there'd be some guy who would come up and you know how they have the smoker stations where they have the the long cylinder cylindrical thing that ends in a bucket. Yeah, and you I drop, have one actually outside my house. Yeah, and you drop the cigarettes butts down in there, and 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 it, it polices them. It keeps them from burning out and making huge mess. Well, 
A lot of times they catch fire too. We they learned do. that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> clean them out every day. I mean, every nothing so- smells worse than old cigarette butts burning. Let me uh, tell you. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, there are things that smell worse, but you know. There's a lot of places in the city where the people keep padlocks on them, and I was like, I don't understand why they do that. And then I started realizing is because the buildings that don't, mm-hmm. these homeless people will come up. And they will lift up the cones and they'll start fishing cigarettes out of there. I'm like, oh, great, dude. That's fucking disgusting. That's the worst shit I've ever seen. It's like, why don't you just pick some turds out of a fucking toilet while you're at it? So I hand him a couple of cigarettes. I'm like, here, man, don't do that. No, no, come on. Take a couple fucking cigarettes. And the guy looks at me. He looks at the cigarettes. He grabs the cigarettes and he doesn't look at me again. He goes, I'm out of here. And he just takes off. And it was like, no, thank you, nothing. And I realized he was embarrassed and, and in fact, insulted that I gave him fresh cigarettes. But they were also what exactly he was looking for. So he didn't turn them down. So, he was, yeah, you know what I mean? It was kind of like a, it was weird. It was a very strange interaction. And it happened to me a couple of times where it was like. I expected a thank you or something, you know, just out of politeness. I wasn't, like, mad that it didn't happen, but it was more like that it wasn't the re- the result that I got wasn't like, oh, thanks so much, man. It was more like, fuck you for judging me, but I'll take your fucking cigarettes anyway. Yipe! Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was very strange. I mean, yeah, we've had, I mean, I've, I've had... Because I'm usually, I mean, I worked in the hospitality industry, and some of that stuff stays with you even long after you've done that, where I'll hold doors for people, and if I see somebody struggling with something, I'll be like, hey, would you like me to help you with that or whatever? And I've had people yell at me before when I was like, well, I'm heading into the store. Would you like me to take your cart back? And they're like, no, I can do it myself. Yeah. I'm like, I wasn't fucking implying that you couldn't. I just thought it'd be easier because... You know, I'm heading in. I, I, it always, it always boggles my mind when somebody does that to me. Where I'm like, are you, are you serious? Are you that fucking full of pride that me asking you if I can take your cart back for you or, or help you lift something heavy or what have you is, is that damaging to you that you got to snap at me over it? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know. That's some deep seated like, there, there's some Ooh. like Freudian shit going on there. I, I don't know. Yeah, man, somebody asked me if I need help. If I don't, I'll be like, no, I appreciate it, thanks. And if I do, I'll be like, yeah, please, yeah. thank you. I love people you know, who... I've, would... I've never scalded anybody for trying to help me. I like people who will, like, like you'll hold a door for them. It's like a, t- it's like a two-way door, you know what I mean? There's two of mm-hmm. them. And you hold the door open for them, and then they lock eyes with you and purposefully open the other door as if to say, I don't need your fucking charity. <laughs> it's like, I'm just holding a door for you, man. God damn, don't take it so fucking know. In that situation, I'd be real tempted to be like, really? <laughs> just be looking and be like, seriously? You know what? And that's then, where you, get, or you shrug and, your shoulders and keep walking. I don't know. No, you actually, you know, what you do in a situation like that is you actually get right up in their face and obstruct them. Prevent them like, from hey. moving forward at all. Be like, sorry, am I in your way? Like, I'm sorry, my obsessive compulsive disorder means that you have to walk through that door, and if I have to run you back through the other door backwards and through the door that I held open, it's going to happen. Yeah. This isn't about you. This is about me, motherfucker. 
that's terrible. I'm not, I'm not making fun of people with OCD since I have OCD. I'm just, <laughs> you know, I was just like my, my mind, my mind wandered for a moment there and I verbalized. Yeah, I did. It's like people, you let them pull out. They don't wave to you. You know, you hold a door for somebody. They don't say thank you or even acknowledge your existence. Right. Those are the people that I would like to just trip them and be like, oops, sorry. I bet they'll say something then. I I don't really care that much. Uh, it's more the people that I smile at or say good morning to who avert their eyes when I do so. It's it's just there's a level of arrogance. You are ugly there. in the morning, so I mean, you know. Well, I must be you're ugly. More, you're more of an afternoon smiler. I I'm sure I must be ugly all day if that's the reason because <laughs> You're not. Ugly. You're matter. cute as a fucking. You're cute as a fucking button, and you but, know it. But there's no way that I'm ugly enough to to warrant some of the hate that these people's faces show, and they just look at me like I'm a dog turd. And and I, I realized though as I looked around, it's like no, they look at everything and everybody that they don't know and implicitly trust as a dog turd, and I realize mm -hmm. that's just easier for them. It's just easier for those people to be afraid and fearful of everyone and everything around them. Yeah, than isn't it, is it just to form easier bonds with people and actually branch out and figure out, hey, this person and I might actually get along if we tried. Is it isn't it easier just to take the the simple route and hate everything? I guess than so. To possibly have to have a conversation with somebody Ew. and show interest in things. Yeah. Oh, that's icky. I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. People are complicated. I want my life to be simple, like a sitcom. And I'm not. I'm not going to get into politics, but I am going to say. I typically I, – I have now twice worked the polling station during elections, mm -hmm. and I meet lots of people that I would never get along with Right. because our ideals are skewed from one side to the other, and it just – but I am polite and fucking joke around and tell everybody to have a nice day and thanks for coming in and everything else during the entirety of the time that I'm there. Right. You know, because because it's 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 easier to be nice than it is to be angry and miserable all the time, in my opinion. That doesn't make me – you know, I'm not better than anybody by saying that, and I'm certainly not saying it to be like that. But I just I, I just don't get – like if you're going to be angry all the time, I feel like that's, that's a bad existence, man. That's just not the way to go. You're going to have ulcers and fucking diarrhea and everything else all the time. Yeah. And no, not just right. because you eat stuff you shouldn't. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, that whole attitude shift thing is 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 important, and 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 I'm interesting. It's interesting that you bring it up because, like this, well, the last couple of years have been real tough for me. You know, in terms of yeah. like depression and stuff like that, and especially well, I'm right there with you, bud. And especially this time of year. Um, mm hmm has been particularly tough and something that I am I'm learning you and I mirror each other so much in that respect yeah something I'm finding is helping in small but measurable like noticeable measure uh, 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 ways is small lifestyle changes eating a little better um, uh, exercising every day like going out and walking for two miles a day um, uh, meditation. 
just those three things, just those three things for a couple of days. And my attitude about life has improved already immeasurably. Would you um, say you have an attitude of gratitude? I would never say something like that because I'm not a fool. <laughs> that was a SpongeBob thing. That's, was it? That's all. Okay. Well, I, I, that sounds way too much like some new age woke bullshit that I refuse to utter. <laughs> I think it actually comes from the guy that works in your office that's always got the, like, tons of motivational things on his wall and is always saying, you know, plucky little things and probably was uh, in human resources at one point in time. That's the kind of thing that somebody like that would say. Um, Come on, man. Be glad you have a job today. Have an attitude of gratitude. You yeah, know? that does sound like either someone who, who worked in, in HR, like, specifically in the people orientation stuff mm -hmm. you know like orienting people to the new company and so it's things like doggone it and shit all the time yeah. yeah or or like a high school guidance counselor would be another good oh, yeah. fit for someone with that personality you mark my words episode number 70 will be earmarked by the appearance of a plucky, upbeat character. Okay. Okay? All right. I'm His name is words. probably going to be something like Stuart. Stuart? Okay. Yeah. It might be Stuart. I'm, I'm going to go with Stuart. I think Stuart is where it's at. Okay. I think I'm going to find us a Stuart this week. Neat. All right. Well, you should make a note in your, in your, your planner so that you uh, definitely uh, set some... Uh, interviews up or whatever it is you need to do to get that steward on the show you're right well what's next friday's date next friday would be oh the... you know what you can't really say that can you because then we'd mess the mystique up of our uh of how we offset the episodes <laughs> i don't think anyone cares but next weekend is actually the 13th of friday's the 13th Oh my goodness oh my. he's gonna be plucky and happy on friday the 13th can you imagine? I can imagine. Oh, that gets, that is such a fantastic, um, you know, lead-in right there. That's amazing to be upbeat and plucky on Friday the 13th. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be good. That is going to be good. Old Stewart's going to show up, and it's going to I'm, I'm going to find every person I name, know that's named Stewart and, and see if they fit the bill. Okay. All right. See if they fit the bill. <laughs> Stuart, yep. I like you. You're not like the other people here at the trailer park. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. They're good people. They're fine Americans, but they don't know what the queers are doing to the soil. Have you ever heard that song? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead milkman song. Uh, it had to be a dead milkman song. It's so fucking funny. It had to be. Speaking of, um, speaking of. Uh, the Dead Milkman. I don't know why I think of the Dead Milkman, but the, speaking of plucky characters, how about that? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Briscoe Kane, but he is this man-baby-looking kind of lawyer from Texas. 
he looks he looks like he's about 12 years old in the picture that he's taking of himself in the airport waiting uh, to fly to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. This his 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 tweet is this Texas lawyer is flying to Philadelphia this morning to link up with a team of attorneys from across the country to fight for a fair and honest election in Pennsylvania. Hashtag lawyers for Trump. And he looks he looks less like a hey I'm a lawyer and more like oh who's mommy's little lawyer. Well, and that's yeah. exactly what it is because the people who have replied to him are just like shredding him. Shredding him. So Bald E. Murph says he looks like the root and tootinous lawyer on that side of Mississippi. <laughs> Brittany B714 says, Can you let me do an in-depth interview on you? I want to know how you went from being in high from high school being gay with a real boyfriend. I went there with you. To now hating <laughs> to now hating the gay community and to be pretending to be an ultra conservative. No shade. I just want to know the process. Oh, yeah, I I didn't actually see that one. That there, that is, that's shots over the bow. Uh Uh-huh. Brendel says, did you get in your dad's closet or something? This is like when Bart and Milhouse went to the World's Fair in Knoxville, (laughs) Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) Saucy Stacy says, you will never convince me that this lawyer isn't three very small children stacked on top of each other. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, that's funny. Oh, oh my god. You gotta you gotta make sure that you post this because oh, I will. people people are gonna see like you you've listened to this then you'll get to see it and it'll all make sense because he is just the most adorable little lawyer you ever saw. I, I mean has anybody actually determined whether he's actually a real lawyer? Uh I have no idea. Or was idea. it a gag? I don't think it's a gag. I think he's the real deal. I mean, I'm looking at his thing. He says he's state representative HD 128, Texas legislation, father of five boys, Burgundy's husband, whatever that means, senior counselor. Father of five boys? Yeah. Hmm. I don't think he has enough DNA in him to pump out five boys. Well, I'm not sure either, but... uh, are one of my favorite um hold on let me find his tweets one of my favorite people on the internet uh justin mcelroy uh <laughs> was slamming on him and he said his hat is is so big to store all the jelly beans that he needs for such a long flight <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of simple uh, observation <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious Oh, uh, who doesn't want jelly beans on a plane ride? Right. There is nobody, unless you really hate jelly beans, in which case, I don't know, there's something wrong. If you completely hate jelly beans, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It's not like fucking candy corn, which is disgusting. Jelly beans are delicious. Travis McElroy says... Uh, my ID? <laughs> it's been some time since someone asked me that. I'm flattered. I left it in the car, but I'll just take this beer and maybe some Twizzlers for my kids. Did I mention I had kids? Yep, two of them, <laughs> ten and eight. They grew up so fast, but yeah, just the beer and the Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> that one that one feels right, too. I yeah. thought he had five kids, though. He does have five kids. It's ridiculous. Well, so he says. Well, I, yeah, like... 
like you said, he may not have enough body mass to produce that much genetic material. Like, I kind of doubt that, you know, if he, five sperm left his body, he'd be drained like a fucking, like a husk. He looks like... He would look, yeah, just dried up, yeah, shriveled he, up. He looks like Eric Foreman from that 70s show in a More cowboy or less. hat. It's just just as a cowboy. I and I mean like it's not fun. I guess it's not fair to make fun of someone for their appearance. But sure it is. He's the one that chose to dress like that. That's true. It's his, it's the choice of outfit that he made. It's not really his face. It's the fact that in <laughs> the rootinous tootinous. That's right. <laughs> yeah, in that particular picture, he does look like the rootin' tootinous fucking lawyer in all of Texas. He's like if Yosemite <laughs> Sam shaved off his mustache. Oh, that would be ugly. <laughs> That's what he looks like. I can't help it. <laughs> he looks like a man child. I find it hard to believe that he's a state legislator, too. I mean, that that's easy enough to figure out. Just Google his ass. Yeah, Briscoe Kane, his name is. <laughs> that fucking name doesn't even. It's like Briscoe County Jr. Right. I, I When I hear Briscoe, I think of Hardee's and their Frisco burgers from the uh, 90s when they had the Frisco burger. They still have them. And they're Do they? Yeah, but Hardy's uses nothing but Angus beef now, and I'm not an Angus beef fan myself. I don't like it. Why not? It uh, it leaves a bad aftertaste to me. I it's, I'm serious when I say that. Like I think it has an aftertaste to it that I don't. I just don't dig. I'd rather eat whatever fucking lips and assholes regular fast food hamburgers are made out of. Gotcha. Than Angus lips and assholes. Black Angus beef. Black anus beef. Are you Googling that guy? No, I'm not. Uh, do you want me to? Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do, let's do a little live search. Okay. Briscoe Kane. Member of the Texas House of Representatives. Is it him? Yep, it's him, all right. Well, tarnation! He looks kind of like a... He kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Elijah Wood. I'm gonna yeah, call, I could see I'm that, gonna too. I'm going to go ahead and call him Elijah Wouldn't. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Nice little wordplay there. I was going to say, a mix between Elijah Wood and Eric Foreman. I don't know what you'd call him, then. Topher uh, Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Topher Wooden, yet again. Topher Wood. Yeah, I like Topher Wood. Oh, Elijah Grace. <laughs> Elijah Sounds Grace. Sounds like a bad lounge act. Yeah. Hey, everybody, I'm Elijah Grace. I'm going to be singing some songs for you tonight. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the lamest country and western act this side of the Mississippi, Elijah Grace. <laughs> I always wondered about that with uh, putting your hands together for, for somebody. Like, like. Why? Repeatedly put your hands together. Yeah, yes. <laughs> press your hands together and then pull them apart and press them together. Now do that, but keep doing it. But now faster and harder. Yes. Yes. You're doing it. Oh, very good. Oh, yes, you're doing it. You're doing it. Mm. How did that become an acceptable form of applause, I wonder, instead of just being like, yes, I do thoroughly enjoy this. Well, <laughs> Applause in general is weird. When you think about it, you're just slapping your meat hands together. 
Just slamming. Yeah, you're basically smacking. You're smacking yourself to show your appreciation for somebody else's work. Yeah, this is the most. I mean, it's the most caveman thing you can do when you really think about it. It's it's not all that far away from going. You know, like it's, like next to clubbing your wife in the head and dragging her around the house by her hair. Yes. Right. Right. Or starring in a Geico commercial. True. True. Which were some of the greatest Geico commercials. Yeah, but I don't think it was a good idea to make that into a television show. Did was, they? They did. They made a pilot with 13 episodes, and only six of them got aired. I need to look this up. That's yeah. that's some homework right there. Yeah, there you go, because, yeah, it was the Caveman show, um, and it was just not very good, because it was one of those things that works great as a 30-second ad spot, and mm-hmm. not so well as a 22-and-a-half-minute sitcom. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it might be difficult because uh, don't you run out of the main premise very quickly, which is everybody thinks that it's things are so easy that he can do it, and then they're like, I need you to unclog the toilet, and they're like, "It's so, that was so easy, it caved me. He's like, oh, you... My parents' backyard, uh, traditionally, because where we live at has a lot of shale, um, we don't end up with, like, a lot of grass, just, like, immediately in the area behind their house. Okay. And having goats and and uh, and my two uh, bulls back there uh, makes it even more so, because if any kind of grain shoots up anywhere, they will eat it right away. And with the rain that we've gotten and these animals being back there, it's like this lovely shit slurry that's all over the ground back there. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm talking an inch deep. You got to wear boots when you go out there and everything. And I was reminded today just how much fun that, uh, that mud can be. Uh, when you when you you know slip and fall or drop your phone into it, which was something that I I did drop my phone thankfully into the you know sh- more shallow end of it, but you know some other uh, you know what it's gonna have to be a story for another time because we are out of time. Thanks for listening to Story Time with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like the hired philator or cunnilingus master in Edwardian Edwardian uh, Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that really didn't slide off the tongue, <laughs> so to speak. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about Storytime with Tom and Mike, visit our website, dembeans.biz, D-E-M-B-E-A-N-S dot B-I-Z, where you'll find links to our social media presences, our other uh, web presences, as well as sort of behind-the-scenes stories and links and things like that related to episodes that you've listened to. Yeah, and it's not biz because we mean fucking business. That's right, bitches. Or 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 people, because I don't want to upset you by calling you a bitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called you a bitch. It's. it's I mean, it happens, man. Everybody gets called a bitch one time or another, or a son of a yeah. bitch.